black clouds above a blasted wasteland cratered and littered with the scattered remains of a forgotten civilization a planet so scarred by the past wars that it is simply now known as armageddon across this blasted landscape we see two figures decked out in their environmental suits kicking up black sand trudging through this dead world this once lush and verdant planet atmosphere boiled away by nuclear weapons littered with the remains of various ships brought down during this conflict which raged over a century ago Far off in the distance behind these two figures, we can see the vague outline of a familiar-looking freighter, the Second Chance. And as we get closer to these two trudging figures, the one in the lead is clearly a woman. Although her face is not scarred, it is the face of Zari Sheen. The other figure, behind her, head down, trudging through the waste, is clearly that of Nakora. Although younger and less haggard-looking than he is in our current timeline. These two figures approach one of the downed ships in the middle of the wastes. These thick, black, dark clouds containing nothing more than ash and soot provide a rare break and a very faint beam of light washes across this endless waste, stirring up more of this dust in a pointless wind that brings nothing other than the cutting glass storms which sweep across this dead world. Our two hunched figures fighting against this cutting wind enter into one of these downed ships and take out various tools from their equipment belts and begin cutting away at the wreckage. Like two tiny fruit flies working their way across an orange, they dismantle all of the good stuff, turn back to the second chance, and head back out trudging through the waste for yet another job, yet another paycheck, yet another dead planet. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome back to One Guy, One Roll. I, as always, am Hero Cidades, your host, player, and GM. Once again, we are entering back into the world of Ironsworn Starforge, where we are following the adventures of Nikora and his new companion Petra, as they're attempting to make their way through this section of the forge, known as the uh, Kosas Flow, in an attempt to reach an anchorage after they've been, well, they have not exactly had an easy time of it so far. I first rolled on the Iron Sworn Starforge begin a session move and got a flashback reveals an aspect of your background or nature. And then I went over to our mythic GM emulator tables and rolled on action and subject and got waste and suffering, which I interpreted to be this planet called Armageddon which was destroyed over a century ago during one of the various squabbles between the two noble houses and the use of nuclear weapons were used in the atmosphere above the planet to destroy these various spaceships, which caused this once virident, beautiful garden world to be reduced into this ball of glass and with the majority of the atmosphere having been burned away in the hellfire of nuclear war. However, Armageddon did lead to the various noble houses, at least agreeing to a handshake pact to not use nuclear weapons anymore against each other. Before we begin episode 21, as always, we'll have a brief flashback of what's currently going on in our story. So ever since escaping from the space station Prosperity with Subject Alpha and Petra in tow, 
Nakora has been attempting to reach some sort of anchorage in order to resupply and repair the ship and maybe even find someone who's more mechanically inclined than he is in order to get Subject Alpha repaired. And now with all the stuff that's been going on and their attempts to reach some sort of anchorage, Chance has also been at least deactivated, hopefully not outright destroyed. We aren't sure yet. He was fried in the wave of chaotic, once again, lowercase c, energy, which washed across the second chance while in orbit around the furnace planet Effigy. This wave also knocked out the power on board the second chance and somehow some sort of strange translucent jellyfish-like creature got aboard the second chance as well. However, luckily, Nakora, after putting Petra into a medical coma so they can maximize the amount of O2 available for Nakora to get the system restarted, managed to go down to the skiff fatty take its power source, go up to the Second Chance's reactor core, and restart the whole system, get fuel flowing back into the reactor, got the engines booted back up, and they managed to enter the drift, getting away from Effigy. However, due to the amount of stress and time he's been awake, they overshot their original spot they were going to drop out of the drift and ended up in an asteroid field where after getting pummeled, the ship took some more damage. Petro came up and gave Nakora a well-deserved tongue lashing for falling asleep at the flight controls. However, they were able to navigate their way through through this field and reach a point where they can safely re-enter the drift without being stuck inside of this asteroid field. And that's where episode 21 is going to begin. Now, before we jump into it, last episode, you may remember the opening scene with a representative from Journeyman Sterling approaching someone at a lonely bar who seems suspiciously to look like someone who's bad news. And for that, I have started a clock. I'm going to keep it secret. I will just tell you whether or not it advances. I think it's likely it's going to advance right now. One of the pieces of the clock is being filled in. We rolled a uh, 43. Beyond that, we are also going to be studying a new scene. Even though it's dangerous, I think that we were really kind of out of control last scene. So our chaos factor is going to go up to six. And before we start a new scene, we need to see if it's interrupted. We rolled a seven, so it is not altered or interrupted. And with all that start of session stuff completed, without further ado, let's get into it. I think that the most important question we have to answer first is, can we take another jump? Things have not been going very well for us so far in that regard. I think that we currently have six on our undertaken expedition to reach an anchorage tracker. And I think that we... That's really risky. However, I do believe that we are going to try and finish this expedition. Narratively, when they had overshot the anchorage that they were originally intending for and end up in this asteroid field, I think it's close to where the anchorage is. And the plan is to just kind of turn around, enter the drift for a really short period of time in order to reach whatever this anchorage is. Which means we are going to try and finish our expedition with six, since this is a progress move. We just roll our challenge dice against it. This is risky, 50-50 chance in order to successfully complete this expedition. 
I'm really nervous about this. So with our progress tracker at six, we're gonna go ahead and roll. We rolled an eight and a four, which is a weak hit. I'll take it. When your expedition comes to an end, roll the challenge dice compared to your progress. We scored a weak hit. Strong hit, you reach your destination or complete your survey. Mark a reward. However, on a weak hit as above, but an unforeseen complication at the end of your expedition and make the legacy reward track one lower. This was, <laughs> shockingly, just a troublesome journey. I'm sorry, it was a dangerous journey. So we mark one tick on our discoveries track. Little disappointing. Nakora and Petra sit on the bridge of the second chance, with Nakora having to manually program the navigation computer himself since chance is currently disabled. I think it takes quite a bit of time, maybe 20-30 minutes or so. And Petra, who's been sitting there with her arms crossed at her little station, which she's now made hers, is looking down at the picture of her and her sister, and she looks back at Nakora. Where exactly are we going, Nakora? Do you know, or is this just another blind jump, hoping that there's an anchorage when we arrive? Nakora, kind of grumpily, just looks up from where he's typing away on the navigation computer, charting their course through the drift. Yeah, I know where we're going. I haven't been here in a long time, but let's just say I may have burned some bridges here in the past. I really didn't want to go here, but we're so far out on the edge of the Kosis flow. We damn well might as well be in the expanse. Without really providing any additional information, Nakora goes back, head down, working away on the computer. Petra just impatiently blurts out, Well, Nikora, are you going to tell me anything more about that, or are you just going to let that hang? What did you do here? Who did you piss off? It's a good question. Who did Nikora piss off, and where are we going? I think we should find that out. We know it's going to be some sort of anchorage. We'll start off by seeing where it's located exactly. Deep space. Okay. What kind of deep space? That's not going to work. What about the inverse? Mineral asteroids. Is there anything particularly interesting about the distant star? It's a white dwarf shining with a spectral light. Doing a little bit of reading for fun in white dwarfs tells me that the vast majority of white dwarfs either lose or have consumed their planets and are left with these cores of rocky planets, which are made almost exclusively of metal. And they're small, and they tend to form these rings, kind of like the rings of Saturn around white dwarfs. Really cool, and totally exactly what the random tables generated for us. I think the only thing present in this system, with this white dwarf in the middle, just glowing with this strange pulsating white light, is this ring of debris left over from these planets that used to be around this now-dying star that are super dense and rich, full of minerals, especially diamonds. I think diamonds are going to be the primary commodity out of here. I think that these diamonds are critically important for manufacturing laser weaponry because they're used as like a focusing crystal, except you need something that can withstand the heat and pressure of like a, a laser weaponry. And these diamonds allow that to happen without having just like a normal crystal exploding functionally from the heat generated by the laser weapon. We know that there's no planet here. How many people actually live at this settlement? Hundreds. What is the name of this place? One. Aegis. Aegis hold sounds good to me. 
The next question is, who is in control of this area? 91, we got a fringe group, a band of outlaws, outcasts, or rogues. Interesting. Let's see if we can get some sort of idea here. Raiders, we rolled a 56. Is it possible that these raiders are actually... What's the word to describe it? A clandestine group that actually is being run, or I should say funded and supported by another rival? That's pretty cool. I think we're going to call it likely. 15 is an extreme yes. Who is supporting these raiders? Who, I guess we need to know before that, who originally controlled this area? We rolled a guild. Which guild would have controlled this? Oh, I think I know. This was under control by the Steel Guild, also known as the Brotherhood of Steel. One of the professional mercenary guilds used to be in control of this area. Don't know if they seized it by force or if they just originally established the uh, colony here, I guess for lack of a better word. It is now being raided by a group being supported by one of the noble houses. That's all pretty cool and convoluted and is bound to get us in trouble somehow. So what kind of structure is this? I think they took this planetary core of a dead planet. I don't think it's very large, but they essentially burrowed into it and dug out a bunch of different tunnels and caves and things like that hollowed it out, maybe not entirely, but certainly on part, and now live in this like honeycombed network of tunnels. I think that over the years, the majority of the minerals and materials have been extracted from the core itself, and a lot of these honeycombed tunnels are just repurposed old mines from the very first groups that were here. I think it's fairly rustic, but also effective. Maybe rustic's the wrong word. Utilitarian is the word I was thinking of. So what is this noble house trying to accomplish? Incite conflict among rivals. The question is, did Nakora know about this before starting the jump? Or is this such a recent development that he simply doesn't know about it? I think it's very unlikely he knew about this. 91 extreme no. So Nakora absolutely had no idea about this. In fact, he's going to be completely blindsided by it when they arrive there. So back aboard the second chance, just before initializing the E-Drive, Cora looks back at Petra. Have you ever heard of the Aegis Hold? She kind of looks at him with a slightly furrowed brow. Can't say I have. I'm not originally from this sector, and our family has very little interactions out in the Kosas flow. Looking back down at her. Well, long story short, the Brotherhood of Steel controls the whole. They use it to mine diamonds in order to manufacture their own lasers. When I say manufacture their own lasers, I mean... They can completely outfit their own ships and their various guild members with laser weaponry using these diamonds as a focusing crystal. Nakora kind of trails off for a second. Petra looks back up at him. What did you do to piss off the bounty hunters? Cora shakes his head. As far as I know, I don't have any active bounties, but I suspect that ship we saw when we were leaving Prosperity ID'd us. They at least were able to lock onto our signature and have some idea about who we are. It's not like this thing is designed for stealth. I would be shocked if we didn't have some sort of bounty out on us now. 
Petra nods slowly and kind of looks back up at him, her scarred face scrunched up even more than it naturally is. Then tell me, Nakora, why the fuck are we going there? Couldn't we go anywhere else? I mean, this is we have the whole sector available. Cora kind of shrugs. Well, you see, Petra, we are kind of out of options here. We have no food. We're running out of fuel. We're beat up. We need, we're, we're really in a bad position here. We need to go to the Aegis Hold. We need to get in and out quickly, quietly, get what we need, continue on our journey. Petra just simply nods back at him, and Nakora, finishing up calculations on navigation computer, hits the accept coordinate, but reaches down to the, the lever controlling the Elodian drive, turns the handle, and they gracefully slip into the multicolored panorama that is drift space. This jump is considerably shorter than any others we've had so far aboard the Second Chance, and it's really only about 20 minutes before the navigation computer alerts Nakora that it's time to disengage the E-Drive, and they drop out of the drift into this system. From where they exit out of drift space, pretty far out from this solar system-sized band of dust and small to medium-sized planetoids that make up what remains of this dying white dwarf star that barely shines with this odd white pulsating glow that doesn't match any of the other stars or anything we've seen so far. This faint little white ball in the middle of the system and these multicolored swirls around it. Looking down at the navigation instruments, which, granted, are mostly knocked offline, the core plugs in the coordinates for the Aegis hold and they start making their way to that part of the system. This place is interesting, and I think that instead of the rebel, or not rebels, but the um, raiders who are targeting this Brotherhood of Steel installation haven't taken it over yet. I think they've been harassing and growing in numbers and are generally targeting ships into and out of the system in order to try and functionally siege by starving out the people who live on board the Aegis Hold. Luckily, Nakora and Petra had already had the plan to clandestinely arrive in the system. So this is definitely going to be a face danger roll. And we're going to do so with Shadow, which for us is a two double nines on the challenge dice with a three. Doubles with a fail. On a miss, you fail or a momentary success is undermined by a dire turn of events. Pay the price. So Nakora and Petra are basically blind. They can't really see anything. They can't really tell much through their damaged aspects. And they're attempting to kind of do like a accelerate and then kill the engines, put it on minimal power drain in order to mask their signatures and kind of float into the area of the honeycombed planetoid core that makes up the Aegis Hold. However, as they're just starting to enter into the asteroid belt, still kind of under full burn, they get spotted. Just as they start entering into this outer section of the dust band, some suspicious-shaped asteroids flare to life, and over the comms, they hear, Unidentified ship. This station is currently under lockdown and is no longer accepting any visitors. Alter your course now, or we will be forced to take hostile action. 
what do these ships look like? Is there a way for them to tell that something's a little off with them? That they can tell that they're not Brotherhood of Steel ships? I think we're going to gather information, which is plus wits. Three and six on the challenge dice, and we roll the six, which is definitely a strong hit. Plus one momentum. Brings our momentum up to a blazing two. Oh, actually, our momentum should go up to three. And with a strong hit, you discover something helpful and specific. So Nakora, not wishing to get blown out of the sky, pulls back the power, and they just are drifting through space when one of these, they're probably, well, they're certainly nothing big. I think they're just a little, like, snub fighter is what they'd be called in-universe. There's three of them, and they've kind of encircled the ship around, and Nakora notices that they don't have laser weaponry. Do they have any kind of badging on the outside, which would give them away as well? I think it's likely. 38, yes. Not an extreme yes, but on the outside of these ships is a banner. A banner belonging to one of the noble houses. A banner that doesn't fit with what's going on here. In fact, with our strong hit, I think Nakora notices that something's off with one of the banners. It doesn't quite exactly match the noble house that they're attempting to portray. He's quite suspicious of the whole thing. Noticing these details, Nakora thumbs on the communicator. Look, the area may be on lockdown, but we are desperate for supplies. We're out of fuel. We don't even have enough fuel to re-enter back into drift space. We need something. We need some sort of help here. We are declaring an emergency and request the services of the station in order to get refitted and return on our journey. These little snub-nosed fighters are drifting alongside of the Second Chance, and they're small enough that I think they're, you know, a little bit bigger than, like, a modern-day fighter craft, but not much bigger. I think they're definitely a very short-ranged, non-E-drive equipped, but they are fast and maneuverable, and although only lightly armed, more than enough to blow Nakora's freighter out of the air. Takes a moment, but whoever the commander of this little detachment of ships radios back. As I said, the hold is currently on lockdown. No ships allowed in or out. If you attempt to continue on your path towards the station, we will be forced to shoot you down. I repeat, Aegis hold is closed. Turn around, go back where you came from. Nakora looks down at Petra. We're in a bad spot here, Petra. I don't know what we can do. Maybe we can surrender ourselves to them, but who knows where that's going to lead. Petra kind of looks back up at Nakora. Something's off here, Nakora. They clearly are trying to impersonate one of the noble houses. Look at the coat of arms they've, they've painted on the side of their ship. These aren't real nobles. I don't even know if these individuals are anything other than really pirates or bandits. It just doesn't make any sense. I thought you said this was Brotherhood of Steel controlled. They would never allow this. Cora doesn't quite know what's going on here, so he just doesn't respond. But he does look down at Petra. We can't take them in a fight. This thing's just not armed enough to deal with three of them. However, I bet we can outrun them in a straight line. You might be surprised what these old freighters can do once you get them going. We're not agile, but we are fast. Petra looks back at him. Are you forming some kind of bad plan again? Nakora merely smiles and thumbing on the communicator. Once again, we are declaring an emergency. We do not have enough fuel or resources in order to continue for another jump. Is there anything else we can do to rectify this situation? Perhaps you would like to come aboard and verify that for yourself. 
We are unarmed aboard. We are simply space truckers who are trying to get to the station in order to get refueled. We had a hell of a jump into here, and there's nothing we can do. One of these little snub-nosed fighters kind of flies around, so looking into the flight deck, you can see the pilot of this ship who's wearing a full flight suit, but something's off. It doesn't. It's not well-made. Everything looks pretty ragged and just thrown together. Does Nakora's appeal to them work? We're going to make a compel with Shadow. Our Shadow is two. We rolled a five and a three on the challenge dice and a four on our action dice for a six, which is a strong hit plus one momentum. One of these little snub-nosed fighters kind of flies around the ship assessing their armaments and other things, which are not great, and the communicator flares back to life. All right, we simply are not equipped to board your ship at this time. However, you can follow us to our outstation, and there we will come aboard and assess what's going on. Fall in line and follow us. No funny business. And with that, one of the escort ships breaks off, and the other two, one in front, one behind, start leading Nakora in the second chance, deeper into this ring of dust and rock that encircles the faintly glowing white star glowing dully in the distance. And the episode fades to black. Thank you, thank you so much for listening. Your support means so much to me and keeps me inspired to keep creating more content for y'all, even with an increasingly busy work schedule. And soon I'm going to be starting training to start a new job, which I'm going to be out of town for six weeks for, but I'm doing my best to try and keep producing episodes for everyone to keep listening to. This episode went a little bit different than I expected it to. I know I keep, like, being kind of clandestine about the noble houses and haven't really flushed them out yet because I don't really know myself what exactly I want them to look like. I definitely want them to be quite a bit different than the way that the guild system works. I don't know whether they're going to just kind of control territory differently or if they generally, or if the guilds, I should say, generally operate in the same jurisdiction as the noble houses because we haven't really seen that yet. I am kind of excited to see a little bit more of the interplay between the noble factions and how that works exactly within the forge is something I haven't even decided yet, so we'll figure it out together. As always, one guy, one role would not be possible without everyone continuing to listen and especially the support from uh, my Patreons over on patreon.com slash one guy, one role. I thank the two of you so much, especially Journeyman Wes. Thank you so much, you guys. Really appreciate your continued support. And if you're interested in helping me to keep this podcast ad-free, head on over to patreon.com slash roll and just give it a look over. I know I haven't been able to really do any of the special stuff yet. I said I was going to on the Patreon, but I'm having a hard time even finding the time to record the podcast once a week, let alone any additional content. However, as things kind of settle out towards the end of the year, I'm really wanting to focus a little bit more on the Patreon content. But even still, for the cost of a cup of coffee, you can help me to recuperate some of the ongoing costs associated with podcast hosting and equipment updates and stuff like that. As always, thank you so much for listening. And I have been your host, player, and GM Hero Cities, signing off. Have a great day and stay safe out there, y'all.